Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. I'm Jacob Myers, the Columbus Crew beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch. I'll be your host again this week as Mike A-Race, I believe, is off on vacation. It's Thursday, July 23rd, but we have Kyle Robertson uh, back from his vacation and, and joins us today. Kyle, I believe you were at the Statehouse Tuesday um, when House Speaker Larry Householder was being taken away for in the bribery case. What, what was that like? Yeah, it was uh, down at the federal courthouse, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. It's the first time uh, I've had to do one of those where there actually were protesters uh, outside uh, outside of the building when he left. So it got got pretty interesting. Um, so that was definitely a, a first for me. So um, I saw it was, it was a busy it was a busy uh, Tuesday in Columbus with with uh, lots of uh, good local news happening. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the biggest story this week and still ongoing. So I encourage all listeners to go to dispatch.com, read those stories. Uh, Should shape out to be one of the biggest political scandals in the state's history. Also on Tuesday, there was a soccer game. Uh, The Columbus crew beat Atlanta United 1-0 at the MLS's back tournament and took all nine points in this group stage, uh, which count toward the regular season. Yunus Mokhtar scored his second goal of the tournament, and I thought has played extremely well. That was an assist from Milton Valenzuela. Good to see him get on the score sheet for the first time in over a year because he missed last year with the knee injury. Mokhtar later exited with an injury in the 44th minute. Caleb Porter said after the game the winger would at least be limited for Tuesday's knockout stage game, but they would evaluate him through this week. Based on the look of the injury, I would be surprised if he played uh, but we'll talk about the injury bug here coming up. The second half was, I would say, probably the worst half the crew has played this tournament. But I think that is understandable given fatigue certainly played a factor. Porter was visibly upset with the officiating as well. But the defense, if you're looking for a silver lining, they were able to keep a clean sheet, even if it took some big saves from Andrew Tarbell, who was filling in for Aloy Room, who's injured and Porter said could be out several games minimum due to a hamstring injury. So uh, just to set the stage when the regular season begins again, what the crew have done in the group stage, they now have a lead atop the Eastern conference uh, because they swept all these games. That's including the first two games of the season back in March. They're now four Oh and one with 13 of 15 points possible picked up just so people know MLS has not decided yet schedule will look like after the tournament i reported before the tournament and uh, others have corroborated since that the league is mulling over an 18 game schedule uh, as well as some other options uh, but hopefully we'll see uh, that come soon in this knockout stage so kyle i'll just hand it over to you what were your thoughts on tuesday's match well i think they you know they needed to get the w to kind of finish on top and kind of have that momentum um, but kind of like what you said the the second half was uh, pretty, uh, pretty sloppy. Um, wasn't their best, um, but they got the goal and they, they held uh, held on pretty well. In the last uh, five minutes uh, were pretty intense, and you know the crew kind of bunkered up, and um, they had a couple shots there and a, and a good save, um, I believe, by uh, Tarbell there towards the end, where that kind of you almost thought it was going to kind of trickle in uh, off that right post. Um, I believe it was off a corner kick, or there was just some. Um, I forget exactly who hit the shot, but it was kind of just a, a cluster uh, in the middle. Um, but, you know, they held on and, you know, they got the, 
you know, the three wins and, you know, that's, that's kind of what they, they wanted. And um, they got some subs in and some people played. So, I mean, that's kind of uh, the way Porter has had, you know, the, the last three games, you know, a lot of subs coming in, a lot of different people. Um, and I think that's one of the positives. If you want to look back on um, those three games is a lot of guys got in um, and it showed their depth. Um, you know, they've also had a couple, um, you know, folks, a couple of players got dinged up, which you're going to have that. But I thought that was probably the most, uh, um, you know, probably the, the, the thing that, that I will take most out of it is how, how deep this team is. And, and I thought they were deep to begin with. Um, when the season started, I thought this is one of the deepest um, teams they've ever had. And I think it just showed, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have the you, – you might know the exact numbers, but, I mean, I think majority of their guys have played so far through the first three games. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, it's only a few uh, being Jordan Hamilton, Waylon Francis – and Axel Schuberg, I believe, are the only three that haven't – and Miguel Berry, the, yeah. the rookie. So only the four players there. And I think Waylon is hurt and maybe some other injuries elsewhere. But for the most part, as to your point, the guys who you figured to factor in as depth pieces have played. Uh, Sebastian Berhalter even got a start. But hmm. that's you reference. Um, Anton Walks hit one close to the left post in the 90th minute, yeah. I that I was shocked personally that it didn't go in. And yeah. I was looking at the expected goals chart too. It only had the best Atlanta chance. It's like an 8% uh, chance of scoring, which didn't seem right on that walk shot, but I, I speaks to the crew limiting the quality chances. At least Atlanta had 15 shots in that game to the crew's nine. Atlanta had six on goal to the crew's three. As you saw when Mokhtar was taken out, uh, they had to put Etienne and Diaz on the wings, both guys who extend the defense and run yeah. toward the line then try to get crosses in. The crew wasn't as good as yeah. they would have been when they have those pocket guys. Yeah. Jossie Zardes, Fernando Adi hardly got on the ball. Um, but that being said, it, it was the defense. And this is something we talked to um, talked about before the tournament. So to see that depth played a big factor in this group stage and I think it has so far. Yeah, no, I mean you you've seen it. I mean they've they've attacked extraordinarily well down the wing, um, you know, in all three games. Um and then also you got the middle. I mean, uh in, in past shows we've always talked about one of the biggest problems um with this team in, in previous years is that everything kind of either went down the middle um or down the wing. So there was never really, you know, with this team, you have so many different options. You can you can um, with the with the players that they have, the new the newer guys that they have, you can go straight down the middle. You can go down the wings. You can you know um, put in serves into the into the box, and Zardes is going to finish them. So I mean, this team you can't really shut them down one way or another. And I think that's why maybe Crew fans are so um, giddy um, so far about uh, how this team has played because they're attacking, they're defending, um, they haven't given up a goal. Um, and they really haven't given up any, like, really, um, you know, um, a lot of shot, you know, really good quality shots on goal. And I think that's what you want to look for, um, you know, on the defensive side. I think we could be talking about a completely different game, too, if Diaz, Luis Diaz, finishes that yeah. chance in the ninth minute. I, I think that if you're looking for an area 
where the young Costa Rican is going to improve. It's it's right there. And, and he showed his quality last year in a game against FC Cincinnati, had chances just like that one, and was able to finish it. This one he put off the side netting. So by the 18th minute, they would have been up too well, maybe kind of cruise into victory there. As you see, both teams had some fatigue. There was also a chance in the 60th minute. Sardes laid off that pass to Etienne, and both were kind of, looking at each other like, well, you should shoot that. So that's another opportunity. I think you're looking for it to be a bit more crisp. But as you said, the first 25 there, I mean, I was really, really surprised that Atlanta just kind of laid back and the crew really took it to them with their pressure. Their ball movement was so clean. The first touches allowed them to get out of pressure. I thought Jossie Zarda excellent in his holdup play. Yeah. Mokhtar switched the field there on the Diaz chance early. That was some of the best crew soccer I had seen in these first three games. Well, the uh, I believe the goal wasn't like an 18 or 19 um, uh, pass kind of build up. I mean, it. it right. um, I, I believe it was it was up, up there. I don't think it was at the 20, but I think it was up there. So, I mean, it just shows that, you know, the type of, um, you know, the offense that they can do, they can attack down the wings, they can go down the middle, and then they can also build it up and wait for those little cracks and the little um, make those runs, um, you know, down the wings. I mean, um, that's also, if you're looking back over the, you know, the the last three games is what I noticed a lot is a lot, you know, even when Cadden was in there, he was, he was able to get up the field. So they're, you know, um, you know, I think they're going to have the ability um, even when they get their full roster, you know, that's the other impressive thing is this team through three games hasn't even put out the best 11 in my mind um, to kind of go at it. Um, and so I think that um, I think you're just, I think you're just you're starting to see an exciting brand of soccer. And I think crew fans are um, should be pretty pumped up to kind of see how this uh, tournament kind of and once they get back into the regular season, how it kind of plays out. On that goal sequence you're talking about, it was MLS counted 19 passes. Caleb said after the match, um, his video analyst said something like 17 or 18. But, you know, it was around 20. And what Porter said on that goal was it's a great team goal, um, something they talk about a lot. It's part of their DNA. Um, Quote, we want to dictate the game with the ball in the front half, but not just pass to pass. We want to pass with a purpose. We want to be very effective in breaking lines and creating chances on goal. And this is something we talked a lot about. You saw toward the end of last season when they got some of the summer additions, and Porter even talked about this after the game, why their depth seems to be working now as people get injured. The signings they have made, they have really hit on, and and those players have played well when they've been given the opportunity. There hasn't been this period adjustments that maybe you expected credit to the staff for getting these players in the condition they needed to in those months leading up to this tournament without playing any 90 minute games just inner squads I think you're really starting to see the mentality of the group uh, come through here because it's it's really made a difference early on and tonight we're recording this you know Thursday afternoon plays Portland tonight if LAFC wins then the crew are the only club in this tournament to win those first three games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's been fun to watch and I think that's what, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you have a good soccer team, I mean, you, 
you want to have an exciting team and uh, a team that's fun and a team that scores a lot and has a lot of good chances. And I think you're starting to see that. And I think that's something that crew fans can, uh, you know, kind of get behind. And, you know, especially during this period where there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of sports, you know, kind of going on. Things are starting to start back up. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I think the tournament's been, a you know, the MLS back is, is, uh, you know, is doing a good job, you know, uh, especially after the the first couple weeks of, you know, when they got down there, you know, we, we've talked on this show, we didn't think it was going to kind of happen. We, you know, the odds were against them, but to their, to MLS's credit, they've really kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say it, um, improved the bubble and, 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 ha- and hasn't let anyone kind of, uh, get in and kind of infect um, other teams after the two teams kind of left early on. I was always pretty confident to be honest, after talking to the experts that said the bubble is good at, you know, that week period where the NBA has two weeks teams have to come in and that can phase out your cases. But the MLS four updates now where they have said nobody has tested positive mm-hmm. inside the bubble. So I think that shows it's working. And you're talking about playing an exciting brand of soccer. Obviously, number one guy to do that is Lucas Zellerion. And Porter yeah. said after the game, through three games so far, Zellerion hasn't even been at full strength, which is crazy to think because he – I think you do see it a little bit thinking about the games and his explosiveness. I, th- I think he's quicker than we have seen. Maybe it's because of that ankle. But the guy has three goals and two assists. Uh, he, he only played – that's this past game and and I wrote this story probably a week a little less than a week ago now talked to Alejandro Moreno and JP Della Camera for some national perspective my premise was you don't have Joseph Martinez you don't have Carlos Vela yes it's such a small sample size and I tried to emphasize that but this is really an opportunity for Lucas Elrayon to assert himself as potentially one of the next stars of this league. And that's rare for Columbus even to have a guy like that. I think you could say Federico Higuain was that player, but because Columbus never had that national stage, this tournament is trying to put MLS in. You have this other factor that other stars in this league never really had. I mean, what do you – think with that dynamic is this an opportunity for the club and Zellerion to be considered among the rank of the elite in this league yeah I think so but I I think I do think it takes time I mean uh as crew fans know there's not a whole lot of national games uh tv games on the on the schedule um when it first came out so you know but that changed I mean they they, they bumped uh, the last game uh you know I think it was on ESPN2 from right, right? Was it ESPN? Yeah, it only be in English on Twitter, yeah. and then the league made the smart decision put that and others on national yeah. television. So, but yeah, I mean, um, with somebody with his skill set, and you know, he's a younger guy um, compared to um, some of the older guys who have come into the league. You know, I think, yeah, I do think he's going to be on that stage, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer for somebody on a crew team um, just because there isn't going to be all those chances to be on national TV all the time, like some of the top, top uh, markets, but it's going to be one of those. He's going to be one of those players where once you start watching him and you watch a game that he had a couple goals or an awesome free kick that you're like, Oh man, 
you know, uh, you know, let's watch him. Let's watch him. So that's going to be the hard thing is, is somebody of his talent is to be getting those national TV games where he can, where his exposure can kind of grow. Um, but if you win and you, you know, you keep on scoring and you keep on assisting, you know, that's another way to kind of, <laughs> you know, set the bar higher and, you know, and get your name out there. So, you know, and I think this year with this club and the way they're playing right now, you know, I think he's set up to have a, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty remarkable season that can get his name out there. They, like you said, that can get him on that national, you know, uh, the national radar for MLS fans. And as you had stated, he's a guy who can pull a rabbit out of the hat and that's the type of player you want to watch. I mean, it was evident from the first free kick he took and put in the back of the net. That's the type of player yeah. that any casual fan is going to want to watch in this league. Could be in yeah. just about every goal. There are going to be a lot of other players you would hope as a crew fan chip in, yeah. not just on, but it is going to be production for him to be considered at the top of the league. Now, another player who gets mentioned, but I don't think gets enough credit because the same thing is just always said about him is Darlington Nagby. The guy had three passes not completed in the first three games, 98%. I think it was 157 of 160 passes. You really see what Atlanta is missing with without him and what the crew have gained. Just what are your impressions of Nagby in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think he's everything that you know, Porter thought he would be when he, you know, when they, when they brought him over, I mean, he's, you know, he's a calming influence. He, you know, that the back line, you know, he's, he's the backbone of it. And, you know, you know, that, uh, you know, if you go straight down the spine of the crew, I mean, I, I would put up, you know, those guys up, up against anybody in the league. So, but yeah, I mean, he just, he plays a, uh, you know, it's just, he's, he's like a chess master where he, he knows what's going to happen before it happens. And, and he plays the balls, you know, into space and plays, makes the right move because he just, he, he knows the system and knows kind of what's going on. It's, it's really remarkable, you know, to watch, you know, he does the little things so well. Um, and I think um, if you're not really kind of paying attention, you kind of, you know, you lose track of that because other people are, you know, making free kick goals and other, you know, making nice runs and that kind of stuff. But he's just, you know, I think he's been probably more than probably what crew fans probably anticipated, um, you know, when, when he finally got, um, you know, brought over from Atlanta. It's it's just so funny when you see a guy. Sorry. You're oh, well, nope, you're good. I'll start I, over. I tried to cover it up. <laughs> I know. There, there's no good way to do it. It's so interesting when you see a guy who – I don't think ever does anything more than what you expect. He's excellent and he excels at what he does. But when you're talking about a Lucas El Rayon or, or Jesse Zardes, even you can kind of measure in goals and assists Nagby. You don't, you measure in possession and number of passes completed. He's just so consistent at such a high level that that's why I think he flies a little under the radar. Um, But as you said, very, very valuable. So Moving ahead, the crew play in the round of 16 against Minnesota United. Last night, Wednesday night, they tied Colorado 2-2 and finished second in Group D. So that game is at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28th. The winner will play the winner of San Jose, Real Salt Lake at 8 p.m. Saturday, August 1st in the quarterfinals. 
that first one is on ESPN. The quarterfinal game is on ESPN two. And there is no extra time in these games. If it is tied after 90 minutes, they go straight into a shootout. So hmm. people should know that. Uh, hey, what, moving what, forward also, uh, in, on your uh, MLS is back uh, bingo card, uh, did you have the crew and Cincinnati advancing out of Group E? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I did not. However, I, I'll be dead honest. I I do like some of the players Cincinnati has. Uh, I think they made some really strong signings this offseason. Not having Jurgen Lacadia as their striker, I'm very surprised that they ended up with six points in a head. Now, let's preface this by saying, Atlanta United was down 10 men, mo- was down two ten men right. most of the match, uh, but they had a really good game plan against Red Bulls and were able to advance. And I don't think it's controversial to say that those results in Cincinnati advancing is good for the crew. You, you want this rivalry to be considered one of the best in MLS. I think Cincinnati at some point, just based on the money that this ownership is willing to spend. I'm no Cincinnati experts, but I, I think that rivalry can become that because both these teams should be good with the money that they're willing to commit to these teams, but right. definitely good in the short term to have both of those teams moving forward. Now, Cincinnati is likely, in, in my opinion, if LAFC, I expect them to be Portland tonight. They'll face LAFC in that round of 16 game. So, uh, I'm sure Cincinnati will not advance from that. Yeah. However, great for that uh, club to move forward. Crew fans probably aren't going to be too happy with me saying that, but I don't think that's controversial to say it's yeah. good for rivalry. Now, how many of the of the, of the third place teams are advancing? Because I'm look, I'm trying to look right now, and it, I don't think the Red Bulls at at uh, minus three are in the best position to get one of those slots. No, they're not. So it's. Four of Four the of third place teams advance, and yeah, okay. we still we still have a few more as of right now yeah. to a few more seeds and games to figure out. Uh, but the ones we know of right now are Orlando, Montreal, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, New England, San Jose, Salt yeah. Lake, and then Columbus and Minnesota. Like I said, so what, let's yeah. just run down the groups um, so people get an idea. Orlando and Philadelphia, one and two in Group A. San Jose and Seattle are one and two in Group B. Group C, Toronto and New England. And then Montreal came in third there. They clinched a spot. Kansas City, Minnesota and Real, one, two, three in Group D. As we said, the crew in FC Cincinnati. And then Portland and LAFC have clinched. Uh, Houston Dynamo plays. So that's just kind of how it looks right now. I want to ask you, Kyle, with Room out, Mokhtar possibly out a bit, Vito Warmhor, I don't know if we had mentioned last time we're on the show, I think that news came later, but he's out four to six months, so likely the rest of this season. Do injuries concern you right now? I know you you said you're confident in the depth, but I just wonder at what point you hit your breaking point. Uh, you know, with uh, with Room. I mean, you know, you always want your starting goalie there, but I mean, the way the defense has played through three games, I mean, that's a, an added bonus, uh, and you know, should give you some um, some confidence moving forward. But um, you know, so does that? 
I mean, are, are crew fans um, that confident in Tarbar Tarbell? I mean, is it? I mean, that's you know, I mean, he didn't have you know, I don't think he made uh, any sensational saves you know in the last game. I mean, he he was fine, but you know, um, as a tournament prog- progresses you know, that, that, that might make a difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it, 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 I don't think it is maybe for the first game, but if you kind of move forward, then you're going to, you know, you might want to have room available. I think more than anybody, um, who's kind of dinged up right now at the moment. I think this week is really crucial. You have a week between the Atlanta game and the knockout stage game, get some players healthy. We still haven't seen a ton of Pedro Santos and you've got to think, if he is going to have a season, I'm not expecting him to have the season he did last year, but but at least be up there, especially with playing next to Lucas Elrayon. If they can get their normal 11 with Milton Valenzuela starting at left back as well, you got to think there are some more goals in this group crew team. They seven in three games. There's nothing to really complain about there. Right. Being fully healthy at full strength. I think you have enough in that starting group, especially with Nagby and Artur playing very, very well. I think Tarbell was good enough, and the defense yeah. has been plenty good enough. So I have some concerns just because the injuries continue, yep. and I don't think they'll, they'll go away as more of these compacted windows show up in the knockout stage. It's just something to watch for me right now, certainly not at the dire straits that – the crew were at last year with their injuries no yeah yeah no i mean if you look at the the roster i mean they do have um you know they do have options uh you know if pedro and mark tar kind of have you know are still kind of dinged up uh i mean you have a variety of people that you can kind of throw out there um and uh i'm more concerned about the goalie moving forward you know if it's a significant injury um but like you said um, you know, they have that week and then, you know, um, so you'd think maybe he would have a good, what, 14, 15 day rest before maybe the, the, uh, the quarterfinal game, if they, if they win the, the, the round of 16, right. I mean, that hopefully is enough, um, time, but we don't know the extent of his injuries, correct? Yeah. And it's a hamstring. So you don't know how yeah. bad a pulled hamstring is. I would expect, room just based on other guys and their injuries if he misses this tuesday game i expect he'll miss the quarterfinal semifinal maybe he becomes more yeah. questionable obviously a goalie doesn't have to be as fit as a midfielder or an outside back and coming back from that injury so i, I agree well, that's that's the one position to watch for but the way the defense has played and jonathan Mensah specifically has played you at least feel confident in the defense you have on the field if you're a crew fan. Well, it's also interesting too because Room got hurt. Um, not, I mean, he got hurt late in the game, but he, you know, at that point the crew were out of subs, so they couldn't even make, um, you know, substitution to bring to bring him out. So I don't know if that extra 10, 15 minutes, you know, hurt the hamstring or if it, you know, if you tweaked it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that was one thing that I, that I noticed and, um, you know, I'm glad that we kind of brought it up because, you know, um, as much as the substitutes they've had, you know, and Porter's been really good at using his sub, you know, using all of his subs, you know, I think that kind of caught him kind of off guard, but I mean, you never kind of go into a game and say, Hey, I got to keep a sub for a goalie. 
<laughs> you know, that late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's something worth paying attention to. So I think we'll just wrap on this crew play Tuesday against Minnesota United. What are you going to be watching for as this team, you know, probably gets more eyes now that they finish atop their group, possibly the only team to win the three games. What are you looking for as it turns to the knockout stage? Well, I'm interested in seeing um, what Porter does with a, with his lineup. Like I said, we've had different lineups. We've had a lot of changes between the you know between each game. So I'm curious to kind of what his view is of of the best starting eleven that that he has available. Because um, I'm I, you know I'm just kind of curious on how some of the fringe guys who have played, you know, if they're going to get um, you know more more play as this kind of tournament goes on, or if he's going to go back to you know his normal starters. Um, but saying that it does give him options to kind of move things around. So I'm looking forward just to seeing his starting 11, um, just cause I want to see who he thinks have been doing well. You know, we all think certain players have been doing well, but you know, coaches, you know, kind of look at things a little bit different, but the other thing is, you know, I talked about the, you know, right down the middle, you know, um, you know, I want to see how those guys, you know, how they continue to assert themselves and kind of, um, become, um, you know, the attacking force. I mean, it's, um, you know, um, what, what, what is the, what are the, what does some of the folks on Twitter call them now? ZZ top, or is that the, yeah, that's the low hanging fruit. Though. I mean, people got to do better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we gotta get a race on that when he comes back to come, come up, think it's something really good. So, but I'm, I, you know, know, I'm looking at the lineup. I, yeah. I do think the injuries, have exposed a little bit of a depth issue at winger. I, I they played Chris Cat in there. Maybe you want yeah. a fifth winger to. I would say maybe a pocket guy to throw in there because if Mokhtar's out, you have Pedro Santos likely going to have to play a full ninety because he's the only pocket guy. If you want that balance, right. Etienne or Diaz, then that also leaves you with no one coming on for Zellerayon to play a 10. Right. You're hoping if you're the crew and you're Caleb Porter to be up at that point, maybe you can move Nagby up or move another yeah. defender in there to more control the midfield, be on the ball. They have options. I'm not suggesting that they're totally out of them, but I am watching the lineup and specifically if Santos is able to play a, a full 90 and then, Valenzuela as well. He played 45. I think he's still building up yeah. his his stamina and his his work rate there. But well, don't forget about don't, able don't to be at full strength. Don't forget about Hector, man. He can be he can throw him in anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that's and Hector has played really well. He's played in all three games. A couple 90s. It, worth mentioning him for sure. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. And, you know, we're at home doing this. So any technical malfunctions, I had my go out today. Um, any glitches in the audio that just understand it comes from us trying to do this show away yeah. from the office and um, Patrick Flaherty, right. he's the one that makes us sound good. Well, we don't even have him. So we're half staffed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's on furlough as are some other staff. So, you know, please continue to support the dispatch. Uh, we, we have a sale going on right now, or maybe it's expired. I don't know. It was a 72 hour sale. Um, subscribe, do a digital subscription. It's about what, six, seven bucks a month. If, if you can understand 
finances are tight for some people right now, but you know, continue to support us so we can continue to support the community. So we'll be back hopefully to break down the round of 16 game. Uh, if the crew advance, they'll play August 1st in the quarterfinals. Um, that does it for me. I'm Jacob Myers at underscore JC Myers on Twitter. K Rob photo. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's Kyle, our striker. Uh, glad to have him back and hopefully we'll have Mike back. I'm sure he has not watched a second of the crew's doctor. So maybe he just hands it off to us. Uh, <laughs> he might be on jackets duty coming up anyway. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Um, and Patrick, kick us out of here.